Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. If you're watching online, I just want to say thank you for doing so. It means the world to us that you would watch one of our services live. Uh, many people also watch the replays, but I did want to say this. If you're ever in College Station, Texas, why don't you come out to a New Heights Church service live? I promise you, me and everybody here will make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. All right, we're about to get with it. I'm only going to preach for about 20 or 30 hours today, so it should be, should be good. We're going to come out of the gospel according to Mark, chapter number 12, or Onse, chapter number 12. Thank you. I'm titling this message, Check Your Rudder. The Bible says your mouth is the rudder of your life. The rudder on a ship determines where the ship goes. The motor determines how fast, but the rudder tells it where. The Bible says the power, somebody say power. Power. The power of life and death is between your nose and your chin. It's imperative that we point our rudder in the direction that God's word has for us. Because whether you know it or not, what comes out of your mouth manifests in your house. What comes out of your, when you talk, you are prophesying your future. I don't even need to know your life. All I have to do is listen to you for a few minutes and I can tell you what your life's going to look like. Because what happens is, is many people in this day and age are not giving any credence to what comes out of their mouth and then they are dealing with things that they would not have had to deal with if they had pointed their rudder in a direction as opposed to just leaving the rudder alone. There's a, there's a concept of, of going and trying our best and we certainly should, but you ought to have a direction that you're actually putting that effort in. The rudder of your life. The Bible says that a horse is controlled by just a little piece of metal, a bit in its mouth. And that mouth, that, that piece of metal, if you could control that horse's mouth, you could control the rest of that horse's body. Literally, our mouth is the rudder of our life. Mark chapter 11, verse 11. Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about all things, and it was evening, he went out into Bethany with the 12 disciples. And on the morrow, or in the morning, when they were come from Bethany... He was hungry. He wanted some breakfast. And he saw a fig tree afar off having leaves. He came, if happily he might find anything thereon. He wanted some figs. And when he came, when he came to it, he didn't find any leaves, any, 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 anything but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. Now, this is very important because, uh, in the process of the Bible being written, nothing was put in, it was, was put in there by happenstance. Nothing was, was put in there 
uh, by chance. And Jesus is making his way to the cross. He is from the time uh, of the beginning of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each one tells a different recollection of that time while Jesus was walking planet earth. At the beginning of each one of those gospels, it is the, it is the beginning of the path or the route that Jesus was taking to get towards the actual cross, which would lead towards the empty tomb, which would actually set you and me free. So the Bible says that Jesus is walking, he's hungry, and he sees a fig leaf far off. But when he gets closer, there's nothing but leaves on the tree. In other words, there's no fruit and a lot of leaves. There's a lot of relationships that you may have, or you may, uh, uh, have had in your life at some time that from afar off, it would look like there is fruit, but the reality is there's no fruit in that relationship. It's just leaves. Leaves are uh, a very interesting part of a tree. In the wintertime, a tree that has no leaves does not cast much shade. But in the right time, a tree with leaves all over it casts a lot of shade. There's some relationships that you have been feeding that are doing nothing but casting shade. Many times in your life, you are a product of what you are around. There are people that you talk to that you are either rubbing off on them or praise the Lord, they are rubbing off on you. And if all they do is throw shade, come on somebody, you need to get in a relationship that's actually bearing some fruit. If somebody says to you, you know what? Uh, we need to pray about so-and-so and then they spend the next 30 minutes running them down and talking bad about them. That is not fruit. That is the appearance of fruit and a whole lot of shade. It's a shift whenever you begin to pursue what is fruitful and not something that just looks the part. Now, it's important to recognize that it was a fig tree. A fig tree is important because a fig leaf is what was used, fig leaves are what was used to cover Adam and Eve whenever they were thrown out of the garden. Now, Jesus is walking. He's making his way to the cross, going through all the different promises and prophecies that he was fulfilling, but he was not, he was not kicked out of a garden. He was actually making his way to a garden called the Garden of Gethsemane. The first Adam was kicked out of the garden. The last Adam walked boldly into the garden. The first Adam had to cover himself with fig leaves. The last Adam looked at a fig tree and said, I don't need your leaves because I've got nothing that needs covered. There's something in your life that's declaring that there is shame that is being thrown in the situation, but you don't need the shade. You need the fruit. You need to find people in your life that whenever, whenever you walk in the room, something on the inside of them jumps. And when they walk in the room, something on the inside of you jumps. That's whenever things begin to change. You begin to get fruit in the situation. We don't need people pointing out everybody's faults. We need people loving people and pointing them to Christ. We don't need shade. We need fruit. We need, we need to see the hand of God move. The Bible said Jesus walked up and he said, he said, man, I was hungry, but there was nothing. And he looked at the tree, the next verse, and he said this. He said, no man eat fruit on you hereafter forever. Somebody say forever. He said, I'm not coming back to this. I'm not going to live a fruitless life. I'm not going to see. I'm not going to get to heaven. Now, this is this is me and you, and this would be our declaration. I'm not going to get to heaven and just talk about all the shade. I'm going to get to heaven, and I want Jesus to say, hey, good job, Brian. Great job bringing me some fruit. 
Great job going after it. Because, because at the end of the day, Jesus said, here's the thing. If I can't eat off of you, nobody's going to eat off of you. If you don't have something that Jesus would approve of, quit worrying about if anybody else would approve of it. Because it doesn't matter. He said, he said, he said, nobody's going to eat the tree. He cursed the tree. And the Bible says the disciples heard it. Somebody say heard it. Now, this is, this, this is where I really want us to hear this this morning. Jesus was not oftentimes ridiculed because of what he taught. He was oftentimes ridiculed because of how he taught. Because he talked as one who had authority. The Bible says, these things and greater shall you do. You have the authority in your own life to call things that are not as though they were. And your mouth is planting seeds that will grow. Whether you are planting the seeds you want to grow or you are sowing seeds that you do not want to grow, what comes out of your mouth is going to grow. And what was interesting with the disciples is the disciples heard something different come out of Jesus' mouth. So my question today is, are the people around you hearing something different than the world has to say? Because the people in your life that are going through something, they don't need somebody that will throw shade with them. They need somebody who will say something that sounds different than the world. They need somebody that will call something that is not as if it was. In other words, whenever uh, uh, the 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 uh, boss comes down to the office, hey, I got a meeting. Hey, guys, you know what? Sales haven't been what they would. I, I don't want to tell you guys whatever, but there there might be some 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 layoffs. There might be some cutbacks. I don't know. And then then the boss walks away, and everybody gets together. Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Oh, they don't need somebody else crying in the soup. They need somebody to say, well, I know this. God's going to supply our needs according to his riches and glory. And now all of a sudden, they will hear something different than the world hears. Than the world says. Now, this is important because each one of us, everybody just look at your thumb. Everybody's got their own fingerprint. It's the same thing with your voice. Your voice is your audible fingerprint. That's why the devil likes quiet churches so much. Because you can give God what I cannot give God. You can give God your worship. You can give God your praise. I can give God what you could never give him if you tried a million years. You cannot give God my worship and my praise. That's something I've got to do. And what happens is real powerful. See, when he hears his voice, when he hears your voice, when he hears his children's voice, he's a good father. He's a good parent. He does exactly what you do with your kids. When you hear your kid's voice, you respond. I'll never forget when we started having kids, Crystal, she used to sleep and she would sleep. I don't know if she slept all night 
since we started having kids. But she used to sleep all night. I remember. But now she sleeps with like one eye open, one ear cocked to the side. You know, she's got like this satellite thing in her ear and she can hear. She's like, are they breathing funny? I'm like, I don't even know if they're breathing. What are you talking about? And then one of them will cough. I'll be like, what was that? Was that the dog? She's like, that was Walker. Like, are you serious? You heard that? She's like, yeah, I heard that. And there's a difference whenever you hear your child's voice and they say something like, mom, I can't find my toothbrush. You're like, whatever. But then when you hear them in a moment where they really need you, see, you can hear it more than anybody else can hear it because you made them. God made you. He wants to hear your voice. We don't say amen and praise the Lord and all that in this church just because we're doing it because one, when I'm talking, puts a thousand to flight. But the minute you say amen, you're saying, I agree. Let that be the case. And one puts a thousand, but two puts 10,000 to flight. When I'm listening to preaching the whole time, I'm sitting there. When, when they say something I agree with, I say, man, I agree with that in Jesus' name. I receive that. I receive that for myself. I got that right in my spirit. Thank you, Lord, for that. Because the Bible says anything that you'll touch and agree on, you can have it here just like you're already in heaven. That's why the devil wants to keep you so quiet. That's why he doesn't want you worshiping. That's why he doesn't want you agreeing with the word of God. That's why he doesn't want you getting to that place where you're comfortable with those kind of movements. Let me tell you something. If praise and worship here bothers you, heaven is going to freak you out. As soon as one person here says yes to Jesus, all of heaven breaks out into a party. We're going to party every day in heaven. The light In heaven is not the sun, S-U-N, it is the sun, S-O-N. It's going to be the greatest praise and worship party that has ever existed and it will never stop. All around the throne, the angels are singing constantly and declaring, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The praise and worship that goes on in heaven is one of the most fanatical things you'd ever see in your life. And if you can go ahead and get involved in it now, here's why the devil doesn't want you to do it. Because the Bible says he will inhabit the praises of his people. When, when, I, when I'm going through something, I turn my praise up. I don't turn my praise down. Because I need God on my behalf in that moment more than I need anything else. But I don't, I don't, I don't feel like it when I'm going through that. Mine. I don't feel like it either, Billy. But I don't live by how I feel and I don't live by what I see. I'm living by faith in what God's word says. And if he says he'll inhabit the praises of his people, let the winds blow, let the storms rage. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. The power of life and death is in your mouth. Loose life over your life. 
Loose it over your family. Let, let, let joy be the standard in your home. Let it be the place where people rush to and say, what is it about your home? I just like it here. And you just tell them first off, you say, number one, at 9 p.m., your butt is leaving because we go to bed at this house. But the reason you like it is because the presence of the Lord is here. Y'all go to bed at nine o'clock, sometimes before that. Why? Because we got kids and they get up early and it don't matter how late they go to bed. I remember somebody told me one time, if you let your kids stay up later, they'll sleep later. I was like, we'll try that. Praise the Lord. It didn't work. My little boy come in there like six o'clock. He's like, dad. I'm like, what? He goes, he goes, the sun is up. I said, it's Saturday. And all the parents said, are y'all surviving now that school's out? Who are you? Why are you still here? (laughs) Don't you have somewhere to be? The disciples heard something different. Come on, let the world hear something different. Let them hear something different. I remember when I was in college... It was right after 9-11, I was about to graduate, and the, the economy was kind of, you know, going through some challenges, and particularly the field that I graduated in, they were saying there, were, there weren't hiring anybody, and there was all these challenges. I remember I was standing uh, in the engineering building at the bottom of, outside the engineering at the bottom of some stairs, and, and there was a group of us standing, there was about four or five guys, and everybody was kind of talking like, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go, I'm going to stay here and get my master's. I'm not, I'm not going to, there, there's no jobs available. I'm going to get my master's. And, and, and I was like, I was like, you guys can do that, but like, I can't take no more school. Okay. I got to get out of here. I was, I was like, just like staring, hoping to make it to the, to the platform where they walk across and give you the, the, the thing. You know what I mean? And I was just like, I was just like, I, I, I can't, I, I, no, I'm out. Like God told me to go get this degree. He didn't tell me another degree. And if he did, I would need him to do it out of a burning bush. And I would still want a photo ID just to verify it was him. I was done with that. Okay. Period. And so we're all standing there and they're like, what are you going to do? I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to do this. And I think it's great to get your master's and your doctorate as far as you want to go in it. But I was done. I was, I'd had enough and I still got cold sweats just thinking about it. I was like, Ooh. Who in here remembers finals? Jesus, take the wheel. So we're standing, there's four or five of us. They're all saying the same thing. Oh, there's no job. And I'm just being quiet because I know what I would say is going to cause a little bit of disruption. They said, what about you, Hallam? What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to work. Now I already had a job. But I had one of those jobs you have in school. It wasn't a job that I went to school for. I had a different job. I said, no, I'm going to work. I said, I'm going to have a job. They said, oh, you think you're going to get a job? What's your GPA? I was like, <laughs> When I filled out my uh, resume, when it said GPA, I put sufficient. Or I would like put some numbers and then like drip some water on it so it would smear. I don't know. Write what you want. 
What's your GPA? It's a number. <laughs> what makes you so sure you can get a job? My insides are going, here we go. <laughs> well, reason I'm going to have a job is because I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen their seed beg bread. This guy sitting there that's talking, he was, he was very hostile towards the things of God. Very hostile. I knew him. That's one of the reasons I did it. Because he would have taken it like I was picking a fight. I wasn't picking a fight. But that, I knew that's how he was going to take it. And he goes, oh, you're just like my grandmother. And I knew right then, that boy's going to get saved before it's over. Because <laughs> if you got a praying grandmother, you're going to give your heart to Jesus before you die. Gabriel himself will swing down and be like, your grandma won't shut up about you. You're going to give your life to Jesus, boy. Tell you what. Praying grandma. Shout out all the praying grandmas. He goes, you're just like my grandma. She always believed in that stuff too. What makes you so sure? I said, look, man, the scripture says clearly that he provides my needs according to his riches in glory. And I'll tell you this. I won't just have a job. I'll have my choice of jobs. He goes, he goes, whatever, just, just, just hostile, just violent, you know, just violent against it, just hated. And what it was, it was that calling on his life. You know, my grandmother had declared some things and he was just fighting against it with everything he had. So I said, I said, well, that's what's going to happen for me. Well, before I graduated, I had three job offers and I picked the one that I wanted. And I remember whenever I, I went to that particular job interview, I went and, and I was sitting there and he said, uh, the guy that hired me, he said, uh, he said, why should I hire you? There's a lot of people with way better resumes, specifically the GPA part. <laughs> I said, well, everything I touch turns to gold. He said, what the blank? That's what he said to me. He didn't say blank though. He used a different word. He used a Jake word. <laughs> this is Jake. <laughs> I pray for Jake. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm telling you, you hire me, you won't regret it. I said, I said matter of fact, I'll work every day to make sure that you made a great decision. I said, all right, I'll take you. When can you start? I said, I'll start right now. And I started work. He put me right next to his office, which was right next to the bar. And the, the company was this crazy company. And the owners were just crazy people. Most time, not many weeks went by that one of them wasn't arrested for different. It was very wild. It was wild. It was party, party, party. And this guy that hired me, he started taking me to these meetings, big meetings, millions and millions of dollars. And I'd be sitting there. I didn't know what to do. Or I'd just sit there. And I was taking notes because he showed me, he showed me how to take notes. I was taking notes. And every now and then, he'd stop the meeting. One deal was $70 million. He said, Brian, what do you think? I said, Peter. His name was Peter. I said, Peter. I think if anybody on the planet can do it, we can do it. And they'd be crazy to not do it with us. He slapped the table. He said, you heard the man. Sign the deal up. <laughs> what did we just commit to? He 
he said, he said, I tell you what, he started, he started really pouring himself into me. This man was a, a brilliant leader, a brilliant business person. He started pouring himself into me. And he started, he started uh, showing me different uh, principles in business that, that big businesses look for and they need to know. Now, I didn't know that um, not long after that, I was going to be leaving that company to go start contracting and I was going to be doing business with NASA and Toyota and Texas Instruments. And if I hadn't gone through that little season, I wouldn't have been able to know how to talk to these big players. I wouldn't have known. But God has a way of making things happen that come out of your mouth. See, I said everything I touched turns to gold and then God started doing it. You see what I'm saying? So this guy that he was like, oh, my grandma talks that way. I said, well, that's just the way it's going to be for me. Of course, I had three job offers, took the one I wanted. I think it was about a year after everybody graduated. I got invited to, one of my friends was getting married out of that group. And I remember going and standing there, and it was about, I don't know if it was the exact same five guys, but it was about five guys standing there. Almost all of them, I had helped them in some way or another get a job introduced them to somebody. I'm not saying it was all me. I'm just saying in some way or another, I helped them through contacts that had come up. And the only one that still didn't have a job was that guy. And I laughed. No, I didn't laugh. I didn't. I really didn't. My heart went out to him. That's the truth. Because what happens is the world needs to hear something different. They don't need to hear what everybody else hears. You know, a lot of people have they use this kind of terminology. We don't want to be too churchy. I guess there's some truth to that. I could see that. But I absolutely don't want to be too worldly. That the world can't tell the difference between the righteous and those that need Jesus. That the world can't tell the difference. That, that we certainly go through things, but we don't go through things like the world does. We don't hope like those that don't have hope. We don't go through issues the same way. No, the world needs to hear you talk different. They need to hear you say something different. They need you to have good news. Listen to this. What if you started talking different in your family? What if you decided today, I will never speak anything contrary to or about my family or my church as long as I live? You said, I'm not doing it. They could be, listen, they could be sticking both hands in a fire ant bed. I'm still not calling stupid. We all have that one. I just want to see if it hurt. I came home one day and Crystal said, your son ate a minnow. A minnow? I said, why did you eat a minnow? He said, I was hungry. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Look at that boy trying to be like Jesus, eating fish. I don't know. I ain't saying nothing negative. Because what comes out of my mouth will manifest in my house start to declare the things of God over your household. There'll never be a nightmare in my home. Period. What happens if a bad dream shows up? 
there'll never be another nightmare in my home because we hold fast our confession of faith I don't change my confession because my situation changes I, I hold my confession until my situation changes because what comes out of your mouth what if you just decided to speak peace what if you what if you what if you walked in the house sir to your wife and she was standing there and you just said honey I just want you to know that I love you more than the desert's love rain. I want you to know I love you more today than the day I met you. I will love you more tomorrow than I do now. I love every part of you. You are an answer to prayer. Thank you for our children. Thank you for being my wife. Thank you for loving me and supporting me. I love you. And then pick her up off the floor after she faints. What if you talk like that? What if you drove home and instead of thinking just about all the stuff you have to do, you started thinking about all the stuff you get to do? You said, before I get home, how can I honor my wife? What can I do to make sure that she knows that I love her? Wildflowers don't cost you a thing, a little bit of time. And all the ladies said, Amen. Ladies, what if he walked in and you began to speak life over him? You said, Honey bunny, sugar bear, big daddy. A lot of people are in shape. And I just want you to know, you are a shape. Sugar bear. Thank you for making sure I don't have to look at the rake and the shovel left in the yard. Because you haven't cut the grass in a month. Big Daddy, thank you for making sure I don't have to see the scratches on my 30-year-old car because you never wash it. I love you. Hashtag blessed. Joking aside, what if you spoke life? Thank you for the effort you put in for our family. Thank you for the joy that you've brought this household. What if your kids walked in and you made a purpose every time, maybe every week, maybe every day, you said, I just want you to know before you know anything else, your mom and your daddy love you very much. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be blessed coming in and blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. God has his hand on you. He'll never fail you. Trust God with your whole heart. You begin to just speak and pour life into him. All of a sudden, the rudder of your life is now directed and you're not just floating aimlessly through the sea of life. You're actually pointing your life in a direction and the power of life and death that is in your mouth will change every situation and circumstance. The world, yourself, and your family need to hear something different out of you. The disciples heard something different coming out of Jesus. 
Bible said the next morning they got there and the tree was dried up from the root. And Peter was like, Jesus. I guess Peter's a country boy. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. The tree dried up. And Jesus said, Peter, have faith in God. So you might have said something. You might have declared a thing. You hadn't seen it yet. Can I tell you the next step? Have faith in God. Oh, but you hadn't seen it yet. Have faith in God. Oh, but I haven't felt it yet. Have faith in God. He said, he said, what I need you to do, Joshua, is get everybody together, keep your mouth shut, and walk around the city of Jericho for a week. Excuse me? They're standing up on top of the wall with arrows pointed at them, and they're just walking around. He said, at the right time, I'm going to need you and everybody there to release the most powerful force that you have in your possession. What comes out of your mouth. And I want you to point it at what is challenging you. And I want you to see by the hand of almighty God. I want you to see the walls that nobody thought could break fall to dust in front of your face. Don't ever run at your adversary with your mouth closed. Goliath said, David, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed you to the birds. And David said, you're wrong, man. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to feed you to the birds. He said, no, you're just a dog. He said, you're nothing. He said, you come against me with a sword and a spear. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You got to know the God of creation is on your side. And he's waiting for somebody to speak life into their situation. Decided that I'm just gonna speak life. I'm gonna speak life over my money. I'm gonna speak life over my health. I'm gonna speak life over my relationship. I'm gonna speak life over my church. I'm gonna speak life over my pastor, even if he likes to wear hoodies with his shirts. I'm gonna speak life over my people. I'm gonna speak life over my job. I'm gonna speak life over my paycheck. I'm gonna stop complaining about my boss and I'm gonna work as unto the Lord. I'm gonna speak life until I see start and until I start to see life manifest. You got to check your rudder every now and then. Sometimes we sit there and we're like, man, my life's not where I wanted it to go. I'm like, your hand's on the wheel. I just don't know why I keep doing everything, whatever. No, 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 no. It's your life. You point it in the right direction. You decree a thing. You declare a thing. This church is the product of declaration, decreeing the word of God, and faith in the face of adversity. And can I just say something else? And you might like this. We're just getting started. Come on, we're just getting started. Come on, somebody stand to your feet. Give God a hand of praise. Let him hear your voice for a second. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Let him hear your voice for just a second. Give him a hand of praise like he's worthy of. God, you're worthy of all the praise. There's no rocks that need to cry out around here. We decree and declare that you have overtaken our adversary. In Jesus' name. Now we're going to make
make a declaration. And if you don't want to be a part of it, you don't have to be a part of it. Just stand to your feet. If you, oh, we already are. Praise the Lord. We're going to make a declaration. I'll even tell you what we're going to say in case you don't want to be a part of it. But I'm going to give you the opportunity today to make a declaration. Just said, I'm going to speak life. And I'm going to be strategic about it. I'm going to be strategic about it. Come on, if God calls you to it, don't complain about it. If he wanted somebody else to do it, he would have asked somebody else to do it. But if he asked you to do it, that means you're specifically equipped to do it. So we're going to make a strategic declaration. Say, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain about my family. I'm not going to complain about the body of Christ. I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to speak life to the best of my ability. You want to be a part of that declaration? If you want to be a part of that, just lift one hand high. Say this after me. Say, I decree and I declare that I'm going to speak life in my situation, in my family, in my business, in every area of my life, over my children, over my spouse, over myself. I speak life. I reject the enemy and I declare faith in my life activated by the spoken word in Jesus name amen amen